there, Quinn. I'm just a curious little rhino. Chicago. Welcome to the Andrew Scut Show. It is Saturday, March 21st, and we are quarantined. This is the first edition of the Quarantine Cast with Mary-Kate Lee and myself. We had a lovely discussion, and I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. We're almost live. Wait, 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 we're... We're live. We're live. We're live on... <clears throat> quarantine cast episode one <laughs> is that what you're calling these quarantine cast uh part one right part one of many seeing as i think i'm the only guest that's eligible for a little while yeah. no uh, maybe sorry everyone <laughs> i don't know connor, connor was gonna come today yeah i thought him, about like... that i'm glad that he's not here really yeah he went to boston and he doesn't seem to know the severity of this as he's was talking about it and then said i don't know i haven't really been paying attention (laughs) so he has yeah he is uh he does not claim to know otherwise that's for sure which i'm glad he's like yeah i don't really know i'm not paying attention to it versus thinking that he does know though he doesn't yeah but still i don't think he understands what's going on really and that impact that I don't think most people who think they understand understand either, honestly. Do you think you do? No, I don't. I haven't looked into it enough. I really haven't. I've read some things. I've heard some things, but I... seen some things. <laughs> I've seen some shit, man. I've seen some shit. Um... <laughs> Let me sit that down. Is that better? Whoa. No, I just put it down gently. I think I made it a little bit better, though. By flipping the card? <laughs> yeah, by flipping the card. The no, I just the setting on the soundboard. Oh. oh, oh. But, uh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we were talking about centerpieces for this table. Talking pieces. Talking pieces. When you said center- I like the book. When you said centerpieces, I thought you were talking about our wedding. I was like, what the no, fuck? No, no. Oh, the phone. Fuck the centerpieces. There are no centerpieces at our wedding. There might be. Well, I will I will have nothing to do with them. That's fine. I won't really either, probably. Um, I figured you didn't care that much either. Let's talk offline. Um, <laughs> I don't. It's not. It's I, not for, yeah. I know. My question. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I think... If you want my opinion on your space, I think those cords need to be cleared in mm-hmm. your camera and all of that shit in the corner needs to be put away. Any sort of extra shit when you, especially if you have a guest here. Okay, and it's your best centerpieces. I already, I, I know. I'm, that's, that's on my list here. I appreciate you. Well, you're not Can, moving fast enough. Okay, well, you haven't given me enough things to replace it with, so. Oh, it's my job? No, no, no. You haven't answered my question with things that I should Dear, have on the I, table in place of the clutter that is there. I so have, please give me some, some ideas I and it will incentivize me. I you. Things that you pick up when we were traveling. I don't have anything specific to find. <clears throat> a salt lamp. A little statue. What about... Something you find cool. Something you stole. I don't know. 
Okay, so the book's not something from a place we traveled, like. Okay, if you want. I'm not like expecting you to have answers. I'm trying to stimulate thought. That's all. Just FYI. Okay. Uh, so please don't react as if I'm expecting you to come up with something magical. Would you get a Daruma? What's that? The little doll, the little cardboard thing. Uh, I don't really have a goal to attach to one. And you could very easily think of one. Could. Honestly, I don't really like the way those things look. I'm gonna pass. You know, I colored that eye on it. You could draw whatever you wanted on it. It comes with the eyes as blank. Does it? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't. I think it's weird looking. I think people would ask you what it was, though. Like, if you want a talking piece, that would be something interesting that people have probably haven't seen. That's true. And you have meaning behind it because there's a goal attached to it. I could always do some kind of other object to represent the same thing that I had more yeah, taste in. Yeah, that's fair. You know? Get something cool just to fucking smash it. <laughs> when you smash that one, it was so disappointing. I know, me too. I was disappointed, yeah. Honestly? Like, Hold on, that thing had one job. Let's explain. <laughs> that thing had one job. Let's explain to what it is. Okay, go ahead. It's it's a little um, Japanese... I guess it would be the equivalent of a doll, but um, it's like a little circular statue thing that's painted, and it kind of looks like a soldier. So you get it. It's, in a, it's like a ball. Yeah. Um... Oh, God, I'm thinking of the happy apple. Well, that's a toy that no one will know because it's a kid toy. It is um, kind of like an apple shape. Yeah, so the bottom is weighted. So if you were to knock it over, it comes right back up. It's supposed to represent resilience in that way, um, like bouncing back from challenges, because you attach a goal to the Daruma, um, and then once you achieve that goal, you're supposed to either burn it or smash it to end the celebration. Um, so it comes with its eyes just white, and it's plaster, so you can color on it. So you're supposed to color in one eye when you first get it because it's like, oh, the Durham was watching you. Like, it's got one eye on you constantly. Then when you achieve the goal, you color in the other one. So it's like, ah, oh, you did it. Hmm. And then you smash it. I think I'd skip the eyes and just go right to the smashing. It would look creepier like if that's you didn't draw anything him. on it, though, for the time that you had it. Because you, you have it during the duration of you achieving that goal. Right, right. Hmm. I didn't know the thing about it going back up. Yeah, there, so there's plaster on the bottom, and the whole thing was made of cardboard. So the whole thing was made of cardboard, and I smashed it because I finally put a meaningful goal to it, and I achieved the goal. I was expecting, like... Years later. <laughs> porcelain, like... I know. Shattering, and we got nothing. I... You dented its head, like... So Claire found it and thought it was, like, cool, <clears throat> so she was playing with it. I told Angela, I was like, that's fragile. You need to be careful. So, like, she can play with it. I don't care, but like, she can break it. So just whatever. Yeah. It's fucking cardboard. <laughs> oh, man. Those fuckers. Fuckers. Yeah, no, it needs to be... It needs to have a glorious break. Fire's cool, too. We could have lit that thing on fire. I thought that... That would have been fun. Well, knowing that it's cardboard, then, yeah, let's do it next time. Just off the balcony. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be great. What does that say? 
YouTube is not receiving enough to maintain smooth streaming. As such, viewers will experience buffering. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not sure why. For all of the two people who might be watching this. <laughs> we seem to be doing okay. Ooh. Dropped a few frames, but I think we're alright. What does that mean? This thing is processing at 30 frames a second, so there's 30 images in each second of video because you know how video is just images put together yes so there are 30 images in a single second wow and when you drop frames you're basically not getting 30 images in you're, you're not processing uh not data enough quick enough to support 30 images so you just get 22 or whatever and it shows you your frame rate in real time on the streaming software hmm. it's interesting this laptop is definitely not built for streaming i thought about getting a desktop like a used desktop just a you know um stream shit <laughs> you know stream shit i would totally use like a desktop computer <clears throat> can you imagine having a desktop with that standing desk dude where would see i, I like the laptop though i like that it's mobile i like Oh, yeah, but you can get a big monitor and hook your laptop up to it. That's true. I if I got a desktop, I don't know where I'd put it, honestly. On your desk. <laughs> wow. Crazy. I'd be using it for streaming. So underneath the table. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could... Honestly, now that I think about it, with wiring and cords and whatever, I could probably put the actual computer wherever I wanted and still have it work out to stream from over here, but... I don't know. The, the stream would definitely be better quality if I had a desktop computer. How much will it be? I could probably get uh, a used iMac for between... One and one and a half thousand. If I had to guess. Depending on how old it is, specs, everything like that, of course, but um I would say I would say probably like fifteen hundred bucks I could get a decent one to support streaming better. I don't know enough about the specs and the stats and the this and the that and about how it all works enough to really say. Like um but this shit gets the job done for now, so. It does. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I like the setup, though. I, I, I do think I have thought about, like I said, doing the chairs and then doing uh, with the chairs, not having these mics, even just doing lapels. That would be better. Y yeah. It'd be more organic, I feel like. But then with the headphones, you still have the headphones. I think I think is I like this. This is nice, immersive, right? Like the first time I took these things off, yeah. I felt like, oh, I'm back in this world now. Yeah, for sure. But I would feel awkward wearing headphones and a lapel mic. I think. How how would all the cords work? Um. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if. 
No, you wouldn't want to attach the lapel to the headphone cord. No. Um, you d- you just have to have two different cords then, I guess. They're pretty annoying. More annoying than having this in front of your face and having to be around it and move it if you want to move. Like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like choose your annoying. Anyway. Um, I did. What? You said choose your annoying. I said I did. I was referring to you. I'm like, you're the person I chose. <laughs> Thanks, dear. Jokes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like chairs would be a good move. But. I can go right here. I don't know what I do with this table. <laughs> I can sell it. Eh, maybe. Maybe. You could use that as a dining room table, which would be fucking huge. Yeah, it'd be too big. Yeah, I was joking. It could fit in here if you moved that chair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could even just shove it in the corner, honestly. You can bring that chair back in the living room. Actually, I wouldn't even have to. I like that chair. I could have this desk in that corner with even less room than this and still have enough room over here. No. Did you understand what I just said? You need more space than this to put chairs here for the podcast. You didn't understand what I said. Take this table and put it in that corner. Yeah. But have this, the corner of the table closer to the corner of the actual room in that corner oh yeah okay and at that point there'd be plenty of room over here still yeah so you want the table in the corner of the room yeah but not this far out pressed up against the wall not pressed up against the wall but not this far out okay like an inch away from the wall no i'd still want to be able to get the other side of it like half this distance maybe okay what do you want to talk about I just feel like you talked a lot and could have said it more simply. I was trying to be thorough so you understood what I was saying because you didn't understand when I said it the first time. Thanks. (laughs) Positive psych videos today? I think that's cool. I gotta figure out how to do it. You said Shelly wants something? Shelly wants me to put... Shelly and us we go. So the... Shelly and us we go is working with Tim of DM Life. They have a contract together. And so Shelly wants me to put these dress for success and that all that content and that whole program. Um, She wants me to transform it into a quest, which... I... Could do once I have these videos. I could just give them to her, have her upload them as each like checkpoint in the quest. Not even check. I would probably have her create five different quests and have like you can put quests within quests. So like for my purposes, for my job, there's a healthy Monday quest, and all the checkpoints are the other quests. Like the Monday Mile, these just Monday, meet this Monday quest. So once you complete all those 
smaller quests to complete the bigger healthy Monday quest. So I would have her do something like that. Like de-stress for success is a bigger quest and then each subquest. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would would be for completing the videos, you're saying. Yeah, so I would probably have the video be like content to consume and to watch so you learn and then have whatever activity we we're going to do. Um come after that. So mm-hmm. like you watch a video on positive emotion and fostering that to build resilience. Um, and the activity would be like do a gratitude exercise to boost your positive emotion or um, I don't know, like a reflective activity. That's like cool. That. And it'd be you in the video. Mm-hmm. You'd be in an app. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just fidgeting with you. Sometimes I do. If I'm if I'm tied up, you know, tied up here like this, I do. Extend it out here like this. That's much. Anyway. So that's probably what's gonna happen. And I have those handouts too. I can upload. And your slides from all your previous lectures, right? Yeah, so I don't know because those are going to be in the videos. Because what? Because the slides are going to be in the video. I don't know if I'll upload the actual PowerPoints. Because I'll have access to the video. Yeah, no, I meant like, I'm sorry. I, th- I meant like things to, like material to present. Mm, yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking that I'll go through all the PowerPoints and tweak as needed. If there's any edits to be made, but there shouldn't be. Not much anyway. Um, I'll I'll record myself in the corner mm-hmm. talking through the slide, so it's like I'm giving a virtual presentation. Loom. Yeah. Great software. But I have to caption it too for it to be accessible. Descript. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you know how many of those you have to do? Totally depends. So I think I'm going to split each entire presentation up into smaller videos. Um, because, like, for the positive emotion one, there's a, there's a ton of content there. Well, I need to make one for explaining what positive psychology is that stands on its own. I need to create one that explains what Healthy Monday is that stands on its own. Which I, I hope would be good for my job, too, obviously. Um... And then I think for this first one, breaking them up into uh, like the negativity bias and then explaining what positive emotions are in that process, according to Barbara Fredrickson. Um, and then another video on the 10 positive emotions, another one on the broaden and build theory and how that relates to resilience. Um, and then mindset would be the last one. So that's, I don't even know how many that is. Five or six? Yeah. yeah At least, lot. right? Um, but they would be short. They'd be like five minutes each. Probably. Yeah, there's no discussion. Like, there's no lecture. You've already done. Makes sense. And I don't think I'd have to take, Jesus, um, a lot of takes because I have to do that. Jesus. 
I um, stopped myself. I don't think I have to take a lot of takes because I'm just gonna be talking off that PowerPoint and I know them all pretty well. Yeah, it's not like you're going off the cuff and then you've got something to work on. Um It's not the headphones that were jacked up, it's a cord. Which I still have the packaging for, so it's going the fuck back. Well um, the reason that you couldn't how do you know it's a cord? I'm playing with it and it's going in and out this oh, year. Really? Yeah. Fucker. Um. Well, that was really weird. We're back. <laughs> um. Of the videos, which is most. Which of the content is most exciting to you? Um, I would like get... obviously not probably the generic videos standalone. But like, no, um, I do like explaining the content. Topics. I like explaining what positive psychology is. I think that's, I think it's cool to do that. Um, mindful communication and conflict resolution and using your strengths are probably my two favorite ones. Definitely my two favorite ones. Um, I like the positive emotion one too. How do you think it relates to what you want to research, or like what you want to pursue? Oh, it's in like academia. It's the foundation of the concepts that I want to like really learn about. The mindful communication one. Um, so for the mindfulness one that I do, it's mindfulness and flow states and like kind of a little bit of savoring too. Um, I don't savoring. Savoring. Yeah. What do you mean? Like eating um, the grape for ninety seconds? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's stretching out an experience deliberately to like really soak it up. Um, you can do it in different ways. Deliberate slowing down. Yeah. And but you can savor in different ways. So there's like. Um. There's temporal orientation, so you can reminisce about the past and see for something that happened in the past. You can be in the present um, and attune to what's happening around you in a deliberate way and like stretch out that experience that's happening now. Like for example, eating or a conversation in your head or um, like feeling the sun on your skin that's luxuriating. Um, and then there's temp- or futuristic, which is um, anticipatory savoring. It's like the opposite of anticipatory anxiety. So like <clears throat> not having anxiety about planning your wedding but looking forward to it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like in your mind picturing us like getting married and celebrating after and like savoring that. Experiencing the excitement you expect to experience in that moment. And fun fact about that, your um, visualization of it is always more rewarding and satisfying than the actual experience. Like, oh, of course. The experience never lives up to what you think it's going to be. Of course it is. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's... Yeah, it's... That just makes so much sense. Which is why, like, okay, you could, like, that's good. Like, you can get excited about something and, like, savor it and like that boosts your positive emotion it's something to look forward to like in the present moment right mm-hmm. like woohoo but 
I would challenge, like, you could challenge that and say, okay, well, that's not necessarily being mindful of, like, what's going on in the present moment. So if you're just, like, really attuned to what's going on now, then you'll be able to be that much more attuned to what's going on in the future when it's in the, happening in that moment, which is, would be now. But now is here and not there or then. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I'm looking forward to going to the Adirondacks with you. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've pictured us just... I don't know, looking at the stars or like romping around whatever way, exploring the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, fuck it. But like, that's not now. That's in my head. Like, this is now. So I would rather just be here with mm-hmm. you and savor this experience. And putting more emphasis on dramatizing that feeling and the magnitude of it and how great it's going to be and it's going to be so perfect i feel like is like you want to have something to look forward to and something to reach to but you don't want to overemphasize it to the point where you're setting yourself up to be disappointed for the actual thing when it happens which is why i think process goals versus outcome goals are really powerful because Agreed. the process is happening now i was going to go a different direction on that i was going to go the let me rephrase i think the reason i weirdly adversely reacted when you made that point that it's always perceived to be better than it actually is when it happens is um it's reinforced by the whole social media instagram highlight reel of life like that's that's the thing you reach for that you no, get and beautiful. is not fulfilling when you actually reach it if you oh, re- like I like see. it's just it's it's a it's it's a, it's more inglorious than it really is mm-hmm. it's it's a sham it's mm-hmm. it's not it's real filter, it's fake it's, yeah. it's it's the same kind of principle it seems like yeah i think Yeah, what you're saying seems like you're taking a more literal um, and uh, heavier twist on it, Um, but I can see that there's similarities there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, when you watch an advertisement or see one of these people on social media that's, you know the girl by the pool in her bikini that's got the fucking protein powder next to her that's... yeah living the healthy healthy fit life um is <laughs> dun, dun. um the reason people are attracted to those people is because again that's that's the over glorification of what that is mm-hmm. and people want to see that not because really they're invested in that person who's doing that but because they see themselves in that picture of them they don't see that person they see themselves mm-hmm. and it's like a, a weird different level of it's, it's the whole idea of um when you're advertising clothes like it, it to me you're talking about like the specific example you gave of a, in our society's eyes, what would be a beautiful woman? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, 
to me, you're pulling on larger cultural norms in our society that are very, very deeply embedded. There's a certain type of woman in our society that is said to be hot or attractive, and there's a certain type of woman, physically only, like physical appearance, um, there's a type of woman that's attractive, there's a type of woman that's not, and you can picture two in your head right now as I'm saying that, probably, right? The more attractive woman is probably thinner and more fit, and the less attractive woman is maybe heavier. Biologically, that would make sense. Yeah. So, that's, oh, um, advertisers. So, that's why models are thin, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're modeling these clothes, and the clothes, the designer wants the clothes to sell. So, you put it on a model that is wearing the clothes better than you are because you don't have that same body type. But you see yourself in the model and you think it's going to look better on you than it actually does, which mm-hmm. is what actually happened to me in that green skirt. So going back, tying this all back to the, the savoring thing, mm-hmm. there must be more in the positive psychology world. There must be more talked about than savoring because you can easily wind up down that slippery slope of over, over oh, future yeah. savoring. Futuristic savoring. Anticipatory savoring. Anticipatory savoring. You you can easily slide down that slope to living in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing yourself in the model, seeing yourself in the Instagram person and just as a result being having the opposite effect as it's intended to have, essentially. Yeah. That's totally fair. I don't know enough about it. the textbook definition of savoring is to um, deliberately stretch out an experience. So let me ask you this. Soak it up more. Enjoy it more. In the context. So we could agree then that. <laughs> I know you're laughing because you think I'm. Stephen Crowdering me? No. <laughs> trying to be conniving in some way. But I think it's a very good way to get on the same page and dissect something. Okay, so with that being said, I think we can agree that in terms of savoring, the concept of savoring, right? Yeah. Uh, there's two kinds: temporal and. Uh, didn't you say temporal? Temporal is meaning time. There's different ways to savor. Okay, futuristic versus what? Past versus present. There's three. Oh, I thought you said there were two. No. Okay. Anyway, so. There's past, present, and future savoring mm-hmm. then. Future savoring being the anticipatory savoring that you referred to it as earlier. Mm-hmm. The, in, in, in which, like, it, it's, so it's, it's good to do some of that, right? Like, you're anticipating yeah. the pleasure of going to the Adirondacks and spending four days after we get married. Mm-hmm. And, th- and, like, that's good to look, it's good to have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But if you look forward to it too much, you, it ends up having a negative effect. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, too much of the good thing is bad. Do you think that exists in present savoring? Do you think you can be too mindful in that regard? Like, in the same way that you can be too uh, futuristic savoring? I don't know about that. I mean, isn't the whole idea of Buddhism is to follow the eighth full path 
and the Four Noble Truths to reach Nirvana, which is being enlightened, which is achieving like the state of consciousness, which is being in the present moment all the time. Self actualized, yeah. yeah. Like, isn't that what we're all striving? Well, not all, but isn't that what you do when you practice mindfulness? You're, yeah. you're striving to strengthen, strengthen that process and that part of your brain. Right. I would agree. I don't know if there's such thing as being too mindful in that sense of the word. I wouldn't think so either. That was my initial thought, but I wanted to ask the question anyway. Uh, No, it's a good question. I don't... To to answer your question, I... I think the answer is no, right? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the goal. The more mindful you are, I mean, there's a whole host of... Okay, so I... We both know. But to... To say to make clear, which I think I need to do when I talk about this with other people who don't really understand it or are learning it for the first time. I think there's this misconception of being mindful, um, kind of like, not to rag on Connor, but kind of like how <laughs> Connor is so, um, just like in the here and now most of the time that he'll forget about things that are happening in the future that like he knows, you know what I mean, like. Like, oh, yeah, like, I didn't even realize, like, that's tomorrow or because he's just, like, in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't want to say, like, he's a bad planner, but he just doesn't, he's so focused on, like, the next step that he's not necessarily naturally looking ahead to the next four. Um, I think there's a common misconception that if you're being mindful all the time, then you don't have the capacity to think ahead. And that's not true at all. It's putting your intention, it's putting your attention to your intention. That was a weird noise that you just put into the mic. So if your intention is to think about the future and to plan an event, then it's being aware of the fact that you're doing that. It's not me having a conversation with you and also planning an event in the back of my head and not really paying attention to what's happening physically right in front of me. That makes sense. That's something that I need to, I think, like explicitly explain when I'm talking. No, I think that's good. Um, I so, that so there Get is, hold on, I'm not, Sorry. I would argue that that's even like, I think aloofness, too much mindfulness, I don't think equals aloofness. I agree. I think that's a different thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, but Connor is just also very, he lives his life in the moment. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. He can be aloof sometimes as well, and I know those are two different things. Okay, so savoring, futuristic. If you do it too much, it's not good. Like the too much of, in terms of futuristic savoring, too much of a good thing is not good. Okay. In terms of present savoring, too much. It's it doesn't seem is a bad thing. Like you you want more. You want to be more in the present. Yeah. Past savoring? Mm-hmm. I would argue has the same quality of future savoring in that too much of it is bad. Too Probably. much of it is bad. Then you get people that are 45 years old with two kids and living like they're in high school. Well, not even that. <laughs> um, depending on what you're thinking about, 
like savoring is said to be a positive thing but you can also savor negative things it's just stretching out an experience and an experience is predominantly neutral it's the feeling that you inject into it that makes it positive or negative right naturally yeah it's your reaction not your environment ultimately yeah so if you're thinking about events that happened in the past or gone or um you know, anticipa- anticipating an event that's going to happen in the future, and you're doing that in a negative way, that's rumination, and that leads to depression. So it gets... I mean, I've never dissected savoring this much ever in my life, to be honest with you. Right. Um, but there's that as well to be careful with. So what... Um, it, there's... Another way, another way to look at it, hold on, please, is that you can, like, savor the past or the future but if you get stuck in savoring if you get stuck in the future or stuck in the past that could lead to rumination which could lead to depression just like okay it's okay to be angry or um sad or frustrated or um hurt or disgusted Mm -hmm. but if you're stuck in that emotion then it leads to rage or um i don't know deceitfulness but like something that's larger right like sadness if you're stuck in sadness leads to depression if you're stuck in anger it leads to rage and that's not good because that's like in your underlying fabric and that needs to be let out. Yeah, well, as you would addressed. say, it's, it's suppressed. Yeah. That's how um, I've heard that before, probably from a positive psychology workshop or thing, but um, that was reiterated Suppression? to me. No, the whole, like, if you get stuck in it, it leads to the next oh, level. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I think that was in a video that I watched for Cap. Right. I've heard it before, probably from one of the sources of the Flourishing Center. Interesting. But... That makes a lot of sense to me. So it's from, okay, so past, present, future. Present, more is good. Past and future, more is not good. Could you, from everything we just talked about, and especially what you just brought up made me think of this, um, the fact that too much of the past or the future can lead to these like overindulging in these emotions that then, uh, you know, anger to rage and that, you know, fucks up your present. Right. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, uh, it's not good. And the, the answer to, uh, the, like the present really is being more mindful. Right. Mm -hmm. So could you argue that, the past and the future savoring is kind of like uh, a medicine you have to take once in a while to deal with something or process something Mm -hmm. but ultimately that you want to not avoid but not indulge in because you're not indulging in present savoring when you're doing those future and past savoring so you need to before you go so you need to do the past savoring to work through something or even experience a a, you know look back fondly on the time Mm -hmm. as long as you don't get so attached that that you try to recreate it and you know go down that rabbit hole and it becomes a a, becomes a, a bad thing in your life um so you need to do those things to some degree but I would argue that you should not do them any more than you need to do them and that you should instead 
be mindful and savor the present instead. So I have a couple thoughts. Go ahead. One of which is... Thank you for letting me you're welcome. further explain. Um, one thought is that if you are... <clears throat> The whole, like, living for the future or living for the past or, you know, like, the example you gave of the 45-year-old man partying like he's his own high school. Um, if you have this idea or if you're holding on to this moment in the past that happened in the past or that you think might happen in the future, you are identifying with that. And that's a thought, right? So it's solidifying the, the connection of your your brain and your mind, right? That, like, people naturally on autopilot identify with their thoughts and their feelings but if in the same vein if you have too much attachment towards a past event or uh, something that you're manifesting in your mind maybe visualizing a goal um too much attachment to that to the point where you're identifying with it i don't think that's being mindful so there's it's taking it to that extreme um i don't think is necessarily a good thing and i think that we could talk about more like being attached to a goal and visualizing that goal and like doing it for the betterment of your well-being and i think that's a different thing but i still would caution against people being so attached to something mm-hmm. that i don't know in the present or the future mm-hmm. or the past or the future yeah but also um i mean i'm kind of gonna play devil's advocate and contradict what i just no, said please. a little bit but Do it. so there's that i'm gonna make it easier for me <laughs> um just kidding but at the same time that's wild um like i said before being mindful is being aware of where you're putting your attention it's putting your attention towards your intention so if my intention is to think about something that i'm um looking forward to in the future if i sit down and i choose to think about us going to the adirondacks or us getting married then i'm being mindful because i'm consciously choosing to put my attention towards my intention of thinking about that thing. Does that make sense? It does, but I feel like it's a... I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, yeah. I just described two concepts of mindfulness. I... Or, I guess, tenets of it, not concept of it. I, it, it sounds like a cheap argument, argument to me. Maybe it is. It's just something I thought of. Like, how do I? Let, let's take a different uh, example. Well, let's take a different example, right? Sure. Uh, a fitness goal. And what you what you look like when you weigh a certain amount on the scale. So you picture getting on the scale that morning, hitting that low weight, and looking at yourself in the mirror afterward and looking a certain way. And you're choosing to be mindful about thinking about the way you're going to look like. So if, like... That doesn't seem... Yeah. I agree. Like, healthy. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that's... I mean, this this stuff is messy, which is why I want to study it. Because if 
it depends on your thoughts in my opinion it depends on how you're you're talking to yourself Mm -hmm. um and the thoughts you're choosing to identify with during that time so if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're disappointed with what you see and you start to beat yourself up over it that's not being mindful because that's taking a narrative of i don't look the way i thought i was going to do that's one thought and that's a neutral thing right neither good nor bad by then adding on to that and attaching a story to that one thought of you didn't work hard enough this is bullshit like you're a fat ass you're lazy like that's not being mindful because that's running away with the thought mm-hmm. yes yes and also not treating yourself kindly so yeah the way we got on this was you said uh being mindful about how you wanted uh, the, the adirondack trip but you're in doing that you're relishing in a future thing mm-hmm. or your idea of the future thing right yeah like you're not being mindful by being somewhere else i don't think and i think That's so so to oh. to address what you're talking about when you were talking about the um yeah. <laughs> the uh Oh, you brought up the the quasi idea of the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like when you just think about that goal, that future thing, and you identify with it, as you were saying, like the thoughts that naturally occur to you, of course, are all congruent with that identity. And and so because you're not being mindful, you're not acknowledging that, mm. right? So that's just the feed that you're you're living in that's just the the news feed of of your the definition of you you know mm-hmm. um you're not paying attention to the facts you, like you you're identifying with it again identifying with it and not uh identifying is the external thing like something other than yourself I see. so because you're you're not mindful of that that it's not you and that's just the things you're uh, experiencing you like it fuels the fire mm-hmm. it fuels the fire and you and you f- like further relish in in that thought and then you let it steer you like it's it's like spiraling right like the 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 feeling of relishing in that future thing um mm. is is uh conducive to continuing to to relish in in that future thing like it's it's got a survival mechanism to it like Mm -hmm. emotions do Mm -hmm. well because it is an emotion like you're experiencing it you're you're feeling the emotion you're so it's 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 the same thing but it's in the future it's not here so i don't know it's a very interesting thing Mm -hmm. i just i guess that's why i i think you should do it no more than you have to i guess that's um, it's possible I just thought of something else. What? Um, kind Did of tell. jumping around, but I'm thinking about the material of these workshops and how the first one is on resilience and mostly positive emotion and mindset, whatever. Um, and how I explain the process of experiencing an emotion. Um, I guess there's factors that go on, come into play. 
Um, and Barbara Fredrickson says that, like, each, like I reiterated earlier, each um, event or thing is neutral, and we inject positive or negative emotion into it ourselves. So That is an excellent point. Can you quickly say who Barbara Fredrickson is? Again? Yeah, she is... Um, she was studying positive psychology before it was called positive psychology. Um, she has been studying positive emotion for a very long time, um, and is now one of the coined one of the leading researchers in positive psychology for her work on a positive emotion. Um, she created the broaden and build theory of positive emotion, which I can explain if you want. Um, she, I think she used to work at Penn, but now she works at UNC Chapel Hill. She manages the positive emotion lab there. You can get to your point. Um, so she the thing is neutral you injected the thank you so she says that because of this process of emotions that you experience and how or I'm sorry the way that you experience an emotion is a process um, that we're injecting positive or negative emotion into it based off of our appraisal of the situation um, therefore the thing itself is neutral correct yes, yes. the, envir- your, the your, environment is neutral yes and your appraisal is that is positive or negative right um and like I'm speaking in very general terms and you could pick out examples of like no like being chased by a person who wants to kill you is probably a negative thing like overwhelmingly yeah I would think that people would agree with that but um, that's just people agreeing on the reality in which they live in which is just a a large group consensus that's how morals are created or like societal values or norms or whatever Um, so also with things being neutral she also says that emotions have a survival instinct just like humans do mm-hmm. and they try to um, recreate themselves in the next moment because they don't want to die so um she says that if you are feeling really angry and you don't let that emotion go then you put on your blame lenses and you start blaming other people because that's um an action that's oriented with feeling excuse me sorry feeling anger um but the whole idea of like knowing like when i first found that out i thought it was so cool because you have like we know that you have control of your emotions i used but that concept like, earlier i got it from you yeah it's so like you can like, i've said this during workshops before and i have i've literally done this in our kitchen I have started to feel anxious have said out loud to myself no i'm not doing this right now yeah and take a deep breath and like focus for a minute and like it's challenging to do and i have to like it's not like I take one deep breath and it's over, but it's, like, reminding myself, like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I'm not doing this right now. You're I've done control. that. I've done that multiple times. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't always work, but I've tried. And a lot of times it has worked and I've succeeded. But I explained that in my workshops. Like, so knowing this, that emotions try to recreate themselves, you have the power to create positive upward spirals and you have the power to stop downward spirals. You can choose to not continue to feel any sort of emotion at any given time. Like, that is so powerful. That is so, so powerful. That's also just being mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, taking, it's... It's taking each moment for what it is, which is new and neutral. It's telling the chain smoker they can quit cigarettes anytime. I mean, why well, are you talking about a, a physical, physical attachment to that, not just psychological it's, Different. It's a different attachment, but it's the the principle is still there. Mm-hmm. I guess. Like I mean, physically, you can put down a cigarette in the middle of it. It's possible oh, to do so. Yes, it's I possible mean, to do so. 
and it's possible for anybody to do really <laughs> um anyway so i so my point in that is that mm-hmm. i think that positive emotion and like that whole basically i just feel like being aware of what the fuck's going on and living your life and then in an awakened state and not asleep or on autopilot is like the fundamental answer to everything it's so funny you say that we just got done dissecting savoring and i mean and and concluded that well at least i uh temporarily concluded that future and past savoring not so great necessary sometimes but not so great generally uh i'm sure present savoring Mm -hmm. great hold on hold on hold on thank you present savoring good like the more the better it's that's like like you said the ultimate goal of mindfulness like it, it it is mindfulness like it's it's savoring like we created this other term for mindfulness that exists in this framework now and like we it's just a different way of saying be fucking mindful mm-hmm. and like it's in a, the present moment like to to your point what you just said a minute ago it is it is all about that like everything seems to funnel back to that yeah in positive psychology really like it is the fundamental thing i mean yeah it's self-awareness that's the one of the pillars of the first essentials model of self-care self-awareness self-compassion self-care i'm sorry the herm- their model of flourishing self-awareness leads to self-compassion leads to self-care which leads to more awareness but it's all about the awareness fundamentally yeah if you're not it aware then you ends. can't do anything yeah yeah it's it's literally i love the analogy of like what's being mindful it's waking up mm-hmm. everyone's fucking sleeping there are zombies just in day in day out which is honestly like i wrote that brief and i think it's been relatively well received because i'm offering a new way to look at the situation like i'm i'm more or less another way you could look at or elaborate on the thing you're all about the habits in that brief um it's like okay so we're usually on autopilot Mm-hmm. Like, you get up at the same time, you have your morning routine, you go to work, you punch in, punch out, and you come home. Like, people are used to that, right? So a lot of people not knowing mindfulness or, like, understanding or knowing what that is, being on autopilot. But now that everyone's world is jostled a little bit, it's like, no, now you have to wake up. So it's like, take this shift in environment and and really abrupt change and run with it mm-hmm. like create those healthy habits be aware of what you're doing and take advantage of the time you have it's a huge opportunity and it's being aware it's being self-aware which is why the other thing i said to you yesterday about me being so annoyed that people are saying they were bored mm-hmm. it's like how can you how in the fucking world can you be bored when you can go on amazon or an online store and order anything you want and start any activity, do any craft, learn mm-hmm. anything you want. And you fucking YouTube. Like, you we can't go everything. anywhere. You have everything mm-hmm. at your fingertips and you're choosing to waste your life away watching Netflix. Learn an instrument. Learn how to make something. Learn origami. I'm sure you have paper at your house. You don't have to leave your house for that. Like, you have old colored pencils. Fucking, like, color, draw, do something, write. Like, anything like you don't have to be a creative to do that stuff yeah it's true start a podcast 
Yeah. To a quarantine podcast. Like, quarantine cast. Fucking Lessons on the quarantine cast. It's Do just, your own quarantine cast. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Or listen to something that's stimulating Productive. and interesting to you. But then to say that you're bored? Whoa. It's I've silly. never understood that. It's really silly. And there are times where I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I don't really want to do anything. I don't really want to call her. Like, I'll, I'll go through the list in my head. Like, you know, I could make that plant basket. I could color. I could draw. I could um, write. I could, I don't know, meditate, read. Like, and I'm just feeling ambivalent and weird. And I don't want to do any of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't immediately jump to, oh, there's nothing to do. Yeah, that's it's a... It's like, no, there's always something to do. It's a bad perspective to have. Yeah. Stretch. Yeah. Breathe. I don't know. Breathe. You hippie. If, peop- if people... No, I'm just a person that recognizes that you need breath. You need, and it's not so bad to, to be conscious of it once in a while. Or grateful for it. Yeah. There's there's so much That was a nice little rant There's so much to do Like We We don't have nothing to do We have fucking too many things to do That's the real problem Like yeah. people 500 years ago Didn't have shit to do And, I don't and they think, still did shit like, I don't even think that's accurate Like there's like they had games and ways to entertain themselves back then. Oh yeah, just yeah. Because yeah. they didn't have a computer. I'm not saying they had nothing, but like comparatively. Oh yeah, the I mean we're over options. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's like me having. It's like me. Okay, do you remember three years ago when we first started dating and mm-hmm. we were in Oswego and you took me to that little bookshop? No. I do. Okay, so uh, what's it called? The, the Tea and Time or something, tea. like down the street from the Oswego Tea Company. They had tea there too. Yes, uh, up on the hill there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying to think of the name. I can't. I think it was like Time Out. Time, time and time again. No. Time, time, just time again. Maybe. Time again bookstore. I think it's time again. That sounds right. Okay, so we were there. And I, you were, you loved me, and you knew that I like <laughs> bookstores, and so you took me there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I bought a book on Greek and Roman mythology because I saw it, and I was you like, did? "Yeah, I, I have it somewhere." Oh shit, really? Yeah, hmm. and it was a couple dollars, and I like to support local, and I'm wildly interested in that stuff. But that's like so so buried down because right now I'm trying to figure out like what the fuck being awake really means and how that relates to being a kind person and how that relates to having fulfillment in your life like that's like that's what I'm really interested in dare I say passionate about but I also find Harry Potter and the politics in that series and Roman and Greek mythology and sex and human sexuality and parenting styles all wicked fucking fascinating it's like Mm -hmm. I have too many interests to do it all right now right sorry and some people just have none well and it's, it's they, they're not even they're not even self-aware enough to know what they're interested in they're not trying they're not fucking trying but, i don't even think it's that but what about like what a waste of a person you just called like 
all I of America don't f- then wake the fuck up and and wake up America and learn what it is that you like and dislike and get uncomfortable like fucking know yourself enough to say what your general interests are mm-hmm. not even hobbies like if you're too lazy to actually put your interests into action fine whatever at least you know you're lazy you know but you should you should know yourself enough to know what your interests are mm-hmm. and there are things there are assessments like i don't know the strengths the strength survey like to so you have an understanding of your strengths and maybe those strengths lead to activities that you like to do and maybe those would lead to interests and hobbies or like what gets you into flow you know like those are things that you might be innately Netflix. interested in no what's that zombie mode I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what calling. the term would be. I mean, yeah, you, Autopilot. Can, you can binge a show and, like, have hours pass by, but it's not like you're... You're not engaged with it because you're not doing it. It's just happening to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you I, don't have a, a say. You don't have an influence. You're just... You're yeah. along for the ride. You're not steering the ship at all. Yeah, and I doubt that you're even so engrossed in that for the entire three hours like there's no way that you don't get up to go to the bathroom or check your phone or eat something like you're not that's so interesting and the way you do you don't it's passive in that you don't have any control over it because it happens to you you don't happen that's like a complete (laughs) there's no responsibility there like you you don't have any like you just Sit there and take it. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit there and take it. Whatever. America just sitting there and taking it. Yeah, there should be a, more, there should be an image. There should be an image of uh, <laughs> a dude bent over, getting fucked, watching Netflix on a laptop. I was literally going to happening. put this on my website until you said that. I'm oh, not even kidding. Oh, really? Yes. You can chop pieces of it. I should have told you. <laughs> Anyway, maybe I'll just put that section. You can bleep it out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he has a t-shirt. You're still He's going. wearing an American flag t-shirt. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hmm. I can keep talking about this shit if you are. I find it so funny. Well, I just... This goes back to, like... I've been saying as well that this is such an opportunity to, like, hunker the fuck down and get shit done. Mm-hmm. And people just talk about being bored. It's just hilarious. Like, what what that is to me is, like... You can't help somebody who doesn't want to help themselves. Like, they're not trying like you have all this shit in front of you you have all the tools all the resources in front of you but you don't want to go on google and type in how to make money during coronavirus like you don't have enough like i'm telling you people don't. what do you want to do during this time when you don't, don't have a job oh you want to make some money you want to make money while this coronavirus thing is going on because you don't because you're you know you worked at a pizza shop and it shut down or you worked at whatever you you literally just told me what you want to do type it into google and read for 10 minutes 
you fucking moron. Like, it's you can't help somebody who does not want to help themselves. I am not kidding when I say I don't think people... Well, maybe I'm just thinking more about YouTube. Like, I never... I've told you that. I've never considered using YouTube as the resource and tool that you did, that you do. And it's only because I met someone, who happened to be you, Mm -hmm. that uses YouTube to a, a fuller capacity than I ever did, that I realized what was on it and the potential I had to help me better myself. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, I mean, it came from Google. Like, it came from no, I, I know typing that. that thing into Google, and I wound up on YouTube. Like, no, it's, I know. So it's not just YouTube specifically. Like, I do go to there now specifically because of that very reason. But, um, yeah, I, and I understand that you've never thought to do that i don't think people do no, no and i get that but if you wanted something bad enough to go to the length to contemplate how to get it you're going to end up on google when you tell me you didn't you've never thought of that it tells me you you have not explored the idea enough to think about Google in that way or to type it into Google. Like, that's... I can tell you why, I think. Let me... Let me rephrase this. This, to me, is like... Um... This to me is like we are uh, in in caveman times, right? And uh, you're like our whole we we live in a village together. Okay. And our our villages, you know, food supply run is running low, and we all got kids to feed and shit. And everyone in the village like feeds at this apple orchard and that's like the main substance right and uh you saw me eating a strawberry and you were like huh i never thought strawberries could feed my family maybe i should try some strawberries like you've you've seen the strawberries all the time like it the strawberries are in your environment but you've never thought to eat them You've never thought, like, you you know what Google is, you know what YouTube is, but you've never thought to engage it, to, to help you serve a purpose. It's not like these people that you're describing in yourself, like, you didn't know what Google and YouTube was. Like, you didn't know they existed. I understand it's, what you're saying. And, like, the, the strawberries don't say, have, have big letters on them, eat this to feed your family and survive, like... You, you you figured that out. So I think the reason why... I'm talking for me specifically now. I think the reason why I never thought to do that is because we are wired very differently for a lot of different reasons. But you naturally... Have, you've always been a creator. Um, you've always thought differently. You've always had that entrepreneurial building. I want to create something and call it mine. Spirit. Right? You mm-hmm. would say? I have only very recently developed that, and it's only because I've spent time with you. I like school. 
I was used to being told what to do and I followed directions well and I excelled at school I liked the environment not all the time but we've talked about that mm-hmm. I, I took to education in that traditional sense better than you did mm-hmm. I wasn't using YouTube and Google in school. I was using textbooks because that's what I was told to read. Fucking nerd. I, no, in the way, like, you you spelling that out and me explaining this and, and drawing out this point makes me feel like I was just fucking sleeping. Like, I never, I never thought I'm to. I'm being honest with you. Yeah. No, I'm, it makes me, like, not, it makes me that much more grateful that I met you and that I'm now doing what I'm doing because you've, We've talked about it so much, and you've prompted me to, and supported me to do it. Like, it, it it comes back to me. It's like the wizard muggle. It's that whole fucking thing. I think this is just another example of that, which is a large reason why I'm very grateful that I've met you and that I'm spending the rest of my life with you. Yeah, I guess... Um, I was a muggle. I've always... What you said about school makes sense. Like, you didn't have to... It was always... Like the next step, and or the answer to the question you had was always in front of you. Uh, in that you had teachers and textbooks, and you didn't have to go find the answer yourself. Yeah. So the reason that I'm more likely to call someone or ask you a question versus look it up myself until I was in high school and I had a different type of teacher mm-hmm. is because I was just used to raising my hand and asking the question to the teacher or asking a classmate. Like, That's crazy. Like, I, I'll, I would try and figure it out myself, but after, I'm a pretty, I would like to think I'm, a, like, a pretty sensible and capable human mm-hmm. being, so I would, like, I would, I would try myself, absolutely. Right, right, right. But wouldn't put in the time and effort to, like, really think through it to the extent that you definitely do, like, what happened in that situation. Yeah. I'm more likely to ask a question than to collaborate with someone else. Yeah. I think it's just the type of people we are. It's how we problem solve. Yeah, I guess. Also, I think I was just being a muggle and like just not aware of the power of YouTube. I was looking up Shakira and Beyonce and NSYNC videos and trying to learn the <laughs> lyrics to their song. That's literally how I used YouTube yeah, in middle yeah, school yeah. and high school. You were making videos on YouTube in middle to- in school and high school. Like, mm-hmm. the difference. Call of Duty videos. Yeah, maybe. I know. Good shit. The difference between you and I. Good shit. Should have stuck with that. You'd be living in a mansion right now. Fucking mansion. That's, that's what I want. Yeah, you don't want to clean all those bathrooms? Fuck no, I don't. <laughs> I like our little apartment. Me too. Yeah, uh. I don't know. Your explanation makes sense. I think. Thank you. It, to your point, like. You, sleeping in a way and like that's not good no like in, in school you had everything laid out for you like the the structure was already there you didn't have to create I any structure you were in a river and flowing down the river was easy but then you got in the ocean and you're like oh fuck there's no direction out here and then i was pretty depressed for a year and a half yeah i was trying to so i think figure that out it's not that like it's not that i don't, I don't think it's that Honestly, I I value structure. Mm-hmm. I didn't value school, particularly college, as much because of what I was studying and the structure of it 
but I do value structure. I know you do. With that being said, I don't think it's really you're a structure person and I'm a wild card. Agreed completely. Like, um, I think I just was focused on the ocean while I was in the river. But I think, like, every drop of water in the river finds the ocean eventually. And if they don't, they probably get really sad. But, <laughs> um, so, so, like, ultimately, you need to adapt to that environment. And I feel like, in the same way, I don't know, I, like, using google and using youtube and using the resources i had to to solve the problems that i wanted to solve was just me adapting to the environment and so i don't think like and other people are in that environment too but they don't use those tools in that way and don't get me wrong there's tools that i'm sure exist that i don't use that i should be using yeah Sure. I would love to know what those tools are so I can start using them. But, like, say that tool is, like, a specific software, right? Like, I just learned about that software that puts together captions, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very niche thing. Google and YouTube aren't fucking niche. Like, that's just in your environment. Yeah. Like, those are the strawberries that you pass. The luscious strawberry bush on the way back and forth from the fucking apple orchard that you're like, oh, those are pretty. Like... You can eat them. Like, you can do something with them. Yeah. Like, they're in front of you the the whole time. So when people don't use those things, it... it, it uh, it's just being conditioned to think that one thing is one thing and not having the lateral thinking skills to... Yes. Which is scary because ultimately, like, you end up in the ocean and you need to adapt to that kind of shit. That's why I was depressed for a year That's and a half. crazy. Because I was so used to the structure of school and I... I thrived there i mean i i did well in school and i don't just mean academically like i yeah. i really enjoyed college for all that it was and the entire experience that oswego offered me i and, and every dimension of wellness except for, well not even financial i had a job but how great do you feel now that you're exploring concepts of mindfulness being invited to speak at conferences on these topics doing lectures on these topics, uh, it's, participating in research labs on these topics, writing creative briefs for the Learner Center on these topics in relation to the coronavirus recently. Like, you're doing something that's not in the river anymore. Like, you're in the ocean doing, uh, like, moving towards, uh, the, moving the direction you want. Mm -hmm. How much better is that? Than just getting an A in a class in school that's like laid out for you. Well, to answer your question, it's incredibly rewarding because it it feels good, and a part of me is funny. I've thought about this like fixing my website or posting my brief on my social media. Like I can, I feel like my default mode network is just like fucking like there are fire rockets going off in my brain, right? Because it's like about me, and so like that part of my brain lights up. Um, which is like the the part of the brain that battles your prefrontal cortex when you're practicing mindfulness. It's like your amygdala, your your default mode network that's alive when you're your ancient brain, your monkey brain, lizard when you're ruminating. I've heard monkey as well. 
Um, and then your pre- prefrontal cortex, which is like, you know, you controlling your emotion, your thoughts, and being in the present. Um, it's wicked rewarding because I'm creating something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's cool for me to have a place to present all of the things that I like. It's it's a true expression of myself, right? My website. It's me presenting myself in a way that I identify with and that I like and that I want others to view me as. Um, while also, I don't know, exploring things that are meaningful to me. Um, and in that way, it's really cool. Um, and, and, like, maybe more rewarding in a different way. But I also really enjoyed the classes that I took in college. Mm-hmm. So I, like, went above and beyond and did a really good job. Not because I wanted the grade necessarily. That was important to me, too. But I actually liked what I was learning about. Mm-hmm. So it was still rewarding for me to do well doing something that I was interested in in that time, even if it was in that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just arguably easier for me because I had the structure and I took to it well versus me just having to be disciplined enough now to, I don't know, make a website in the first place. Well, let me, let me simplify it for you. In your class, you have less autonomy over the narrative. Oh, yeah. Over what's done. Mm-hmm. You have less responsibility in the class. There is less that is up to you. Agreed. You have more responsibility. You're bearing a heavier cross with your website. You're determining the direction that it's going in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. You have it's it all falls on you. You're responsible for more of it. So therefore it brings you more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really that simple. I think it's really that simple. I agree. And I think that makes sense. I think people I th- I think it's easy to get used to the classes and want to stay in that mode where you don't have to take on more responsibility and you can still get that accomplishment and and and, and like and just live in that world and the funny thing is though when you get say in a in a given field of study when you get to the top what are you doing if you're talking about the hierarchy of academia you're pro- you're doing two things either um pushing the envelope and exploring the topics that you research yeah so when you get to the top you are exploring uncharted territory you're supposed to be right which is not the the structure and everything that we Mm -hmm. talked about that the entire journey to the top represents that that you're thriving off of like the entire way up Mm -hmm. at the end it still leads to the fucking ocean and you got to make calls and like you got to carry the, the torch into an, a dark room. Like, and to, f- to further your point, you only have the experience of being in undergraduate classes where there's a lot of handholding. But in the graduate, that's true too. in the graduate classes that I've taken, there is way more responsibility on you to get the work done. It's there's uh there's seminar style, which yeah. means that you're having a discussion with your professor about the material, but you're coming to the table prepared. I don't disagree. And that onus is on you. I don't disagree about that, but still, like, it's not There's the a syllabus and structure and deadlines and, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. it's still limited but responsibility. It's, it's, right, but it's... They're weaning you off the nipple yeah. a little bit. Yes, like, sure. As, <laughs> That's the point I wanted to make. 
yeah, yeah. I no, have, I, I, I agree have with you. Way there. more, way more autonomy and way more responsibility to get my shit done as a bit of their dissertation for whatever reason. But once your coursework is done, then you just like set your own deadlines with your advisor, and it's you driving the boat the entire time. Which is why sometimes it takes people like eight or ten years to get their PhD. Because they don't have anyone telling them what to do. And they don't have the discipline to finish it themselves. Mm-hmm. And then life gets in the way and maybe they have a kid or maybe they move and they're doing it remote and that's more difficult and blah, blah. Not that committed. Yeah. Committed to other what? things and therefore not that committed. Or, yeah. You've only got a hundred commitment points. Yeah, and yeah. If you've got a kid, that's going to take some of them away. Um, you know, one of my old professors, Dr. Brown, she was my capstone mm-hmm. professor, um, great lady. She finished her PhD in, I don't know how many years. It wasn't very, it wasn't many comparatively. I think it was four-ish because okay. she started her dissertation. Like she knew her dissertation topic going into the program more or less because she had to defer for a year. Um, and then started working on it every single semester. She would work on a different piece of it, or her final project for her classes would be something towards her dissertation. So she was building up that process the entire time she was in the program. So by the time she was done with her coursework, she was almost done with her dissertation. Interesting. Is your coursework like set out for you? Like you're going to take these classes and study these things? You have what well, totally depends. Because that would be that would be hard to fit your dissertation into. Like if that was already predetermined, you know what I mean? Right. So it depends on the program that you're taking or that you're a part of. It depends on your discipline. But ultimately, you have you have to fulfill um, a certain number of like <coughs> research methods courses or credits. So you have your options of what to take. There, um, you have a certain number of like theoretical or core classes for say psych okay so you have to take us like it's the same loose structure as undergrad as like you have these these core like sequential classes that you should take as part of the actual degree requirement but then you have this those being the research ones yeah okay and maybe some actual like topical ones too but then you have this flexibility you have electives that you can take in right. all of your in Assumingly, you're going into the program and you're working with a faculty mem- member th- whose research interest is niche and line up with yours. Mm-hmm. So you already have a direction of what you want to do as far as your dissertation and your research, but you would probably refine that as the program goes on. But I want to go into a program, and I think that's what CAP is going to help me refine. I actually wrote in some of my professional goals, like refine my research skills for the, the course. Um, I think it's going to help me refine different mechanisms that I want to study and whatever relationship between the mechanisms that I want to study. So it's like the items themselves and the relationships between the items. Um, when I'm like applying to grad school or there so I can can like have my final projects for my courses go towards my dissertation because I'm going to be doing miniature research projects my entire um, degree most likely. I mean I had to write a a research proposal for this quant class I took. And I could use that as part of my dissertation if it was relevant. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Do you have any thoughts on what your, what your dissertation would be? Not exactly, but studying the topics that we talked about earlier. Something to do with... How mindfulness relates to self-compassion, authenticity, um, a meaning and purpose, and um, I guess spirituality is kind of um, woven in that 
and all of that in different ways, but hmm. yeah. PhD thing's interesting. I would think that's interesting that you would have your dissertation topic like going in. Like, I would I think I wouldn't be I w- set hold in on. stone. I would think that part of the experience of getting a PhD or the, taking the coursework anyway would be exploring ideas a little bit kind of like i pitched to you oh, earlier sure. yeah. to see what you want to really focus on in, in a dissertation mm-hmm. so to have that going in seems like you're not going through that exploratory process well i guess that, i guess you could already have the, i don't know yeah that's that's a really broad statement yeah. people who people are coming from all over um different walks of earth so like think of the graduate students that are working in the learner center most of them are non-trad as in like traditional non-traditional non-traditional as in getting their second phd and is have a lot of experience and are going in to study a specific thing and do a dissertation on a specific like a different like change of study different discipline altogether like one of our graduate students has a phd in computer science she's getting her second one in social science because she wants to apply the machine learning and the data science that she knows and is an expert in already from her first phd into solving social issues social science issues it's it's ingenious she's interesting um and she's she's like she writes her own code she's the human computer she is what she want to be on a podcast so intelligent yeah she's also she likes to talk so what's your name um i don't know if i want to say why because i don't know okay I just feel weird about that. Using a name. I don't know if I want you to invite her on your podcast. I think that would be weird. Oh, because of the work relationship? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. I got to think that's super conflicting. Like taking the hard sciences. And oh, yeah. She like was really <laughs> struggling with like with operationalizing. Like, no, but it was so good because it challenged. So we, we're we're working on this national well-being survey okay um so you can imagine that some of the things we're talking about are social issues relatively vague sensitive not even sensitive just vague and messy because we're talking about human feelings and their perceptions and whatever so she was having a really really hard time grasping how to code and operationalize these really vague and fuzzy things she Mm -hmm. was like this isn't like rigorous science like what are you like these questions aren't really getting at what we're trying to measure they're getting at their the person's perception but we can't like try and measure their perception because it's their perception she was like totally and making wicked valid points Mm -hmm. and sounds like something i would say i thought i thought it was um i thought it was really great because she was challenging the the whole pedagogy 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 why, why have i heard that before um it's like the the, the theoretical like un- underpinnings of whatever you're talking about um like the the framework she was challenging the framework of what of social sciences and what we were doing in the mm. survey and the questions that we were using that have been validated by like large bodies and have been around for a long time mm-hmm. like the general social survey um it's can you think of a specific question that she no okay um 
but she was really challenging everyone in the room and she had Shannon explain like why it was good science and why it was rigorous but it was good because I think it like if I were Shannon in that situation it would be refreshing for me to have to defend my point because everyone else in the room was a purely a social scientist right coming from a different background per se a little bit but like has taken that medicine and is used to taking it regularly so to have someone like try and disrupt that and be like hold on this isn't right this i have so many questions Mm -hmm. it's like you gotta test the system right i mean as long as the the test is valid then yeah whatever i guess when you first said taking the computer shit and going to the social sciences i thought of the uh conflict between going from biology phd to uh social justice phd (laughs) and that that problem i thought i I was thinking of that kind of conflict yeah no i like that Mm. um still it's interesting it is i yeah, I as somebody who's very math oriented, the entire social science thing is it's hard for me to wrap my head around for sure. Some some of it, you know, mm-hmm. like when things aren't don't fit nicely into math. I fucking love it. Humans are messy. See, they are, but I think you can clean them up with math. Okay, well, what is what is what is what is population health? Tell me what that is. And looking at large trends, it's right. That's called putting humans into math, <laughs> like, literally. I'm not studying population health. I'm not interested in that as much as I am psychology. I wasn't. Look, I'm not attacking you. I'm just I saying, know. like humans are messy, but you can clean them up with data. Well, yeah, that's what like social science does. Right. It's, op- it's operationalizing something that's messy to be able to cleanly measure it, to code it, yes or no. I mean, think about what I was doing with um, mm-hmm. the Syracuse City School. Observing my, behavior my, yeah, and like, categorizing it with a number. But that the way it was operationalized and defined to me and the other research assistants was so clear that we were able to confidently uh, defend our position and why mm-hmm. we marked something yeah. on or off task. Of course, there's a gray area because there's a classroom environment and what the teacher is saying versus not saying. And like, there's always going to be nuance. Ex- yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't, that's why you can't, that's why it's really hard to say that something's causal, first of all. And that's why I've changed the language in which I write to this may be the case to this is the case because you can never like really fully say if you mean you you went from is to may yeah okay like if your your hypothesis is um if your findings agree with your hypothesis or in in line with your hypothesis Mm -hmm. and you say that your findings support your hypothesis you can't say that your findings prove it to be true it's one example Unless if you're doing something that would prove a causal relationship. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I also want to um, 
take all of these really messy concepts that I described earlier and study them in a qualitative way, which means I would be like interviewing people and having them talk about it and then coding their responses and what they said. More messiness. All the messiness. <laughs> I, I am like, I got so jazzed about research just thinking and learning about qualitative methods. I think it's so interesting because it's just talking to people. I think it would be so cool. Talking to people is cool. That's cool. Cool. Cool, cool. Mm. The... Wait, can I pee? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's fine. I shouldn't go to the bathroom as well. We're coming back, though. Yeah. Word. Intermission. Quarantine cast intermission. Back. <clears throat> this goddamn headphone cord is killing me. First world problems. First world problems. How are we supposed to solve the coronavirus problem when I can't even get a good cord for my that's, headphones? That's that's the real question. Right. That's my real question for you, America. How are you gonna solve Corona? Corona. Welcome to Shitty Corona. <laughs> May I take an auto praise? I just feel like we, I entered back into our own world after putting these on. Welcome back! Oh my god. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It's so immersive. I fucking love it's, it. Yeah. It's immersive is a very good word. I think it's incredible. I'm gonna do this for a minute. Alright. Get in the show, baby. Um, are you tattoo lotion? No. What is it? This hand lotion. Oh. I don't recognize that bottle. Uh, I got these for Christmas. They're awesome. Um, my hands have been drying up because I've been washing them so frequently. Sponsored by Dionys Goat Milk Skincare. It's amazing. Nature's original balanced moisturizer. Since 1982. My hands tingle because it's peppermint. Limited, limited goat edition. It's amazing. It does. Oh, I smell the peppermint. Yeah. Natural goat milk hand cream. I brought the peppermint one home. And All right, I'll bite. Another one called Nutcracker that I have. Nutcracker? It smells very good. What does it smell like? Like Christmas. Like the nutmeg spice situation. Christmas nutmeg spice situation. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Please don't do that. I forget how Jim Carrey does it. Dumb and Dumber. I think it's Dumb and Dumber. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Can you hear my hands? I know. It's not. <laughs> Hands aren't tingling. This is bullshit, man. Give it a minute. Alright. Impatient. Let's go. What else do you want to talk about? Um. 
PhD. As long as we're on the topic of the education system. Sure. I've expressed to you recently that listening to people like Eric Weinstein and his brother and Peterson and like a lot of intelligent people that have gone really deep on specific topics and specific things Mm -hmm. such as physics, math, psychology, whatever, um, biology, yada, yada, yada. And that concept I like, right? Like going deep on something specific Mm -hmm. and getting a PhD is attractive to me in that way. Mm -hmm. But obviously there's other ways to do that. Yeah. But a PhD is still valued, obviously, very much mm-hmm. in our culture. I mean, like but with but but my point being, with the internet, there's a lot of other ways to do that now yeah. and go deep on those things. Where do you see the future of like in the value of PhDs uh, going in the future? Like, obviously, and I mean the PhDs themselves, because like obviously. We need new research, right? And new research is what drives things forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like you don't necessarily need a university structure for people to research things. Can Generally, I- like with I understand with the structure we have set up right now, that's kind of how it works. But I'm what I'm asking you is the future of the value of having a phd not not related to the you know what i'm saying i think so um so to kind of dissect this a little bit there's a phd is a degree like a law degree a medical degree like anything else you can do specific things with a phd it's a credential right so you get a PhD, and i recently learned this like after working at su for x amount of time you get a PhD to do very specific things. You can get a PhD and do research, get a PhD and teach, get a PhD and <clears throat> um, practice, depending on the degree you're getting. Okay, so you're starting to get into what I was saying I'm not trying to address. Like, the point I was making is that you, you can teach on youtube videos online you can teach through a a private thing you don't need like i know how you're using the word teaching when you have a phd you're able to then teach but you don't need a phd to teach i'm not talking about the specific university application in that regard so i think that okay so i think that the structure of um getting the research skills that are let me say one more thing the something that is outside of the example I just described is what you mentioned before, like being able to practice. Like you can, with a certain, uh, you know, qualification, practice psychiatry, right, or, or whatever. Like I, I, that's. I see. Something. That, um, and you can even do research without PhD. Like you can learn rigorous methods and learn how to do research without getting a PhD. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but you can't like practice something like that legally without a PhD. So there's obviously a value there. Um, that's 
independent of the idea of you being able to learn things outside of the university. I understand what you're saying now. So okay, you're saying, you. sorry. No, it's okay. I wanted to get there. You're fine. Um, so I've thought about that because especially in the realm of counseling, there's psychologists, there's mental health counselors, there's licensed social workers, there's li- uh, licensed marriage and family counselors. Like you don't need a PhD for any of those. You could get a PhD for some of those, but like you can, I could be a counselor with a master's. I can be a counselor with a PhD. I can be a counselor with a life self coach certification, right? Like there's, and then you get into like the whole coaching stuff and that's a whole other, that. The mom coaches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, but that's a whole other playing field that yeah, affects yeah, yeah. like the whole gamut. So how replaceable is my credential is what I'm hearing you ask me. How disposable is it? Are you, mm. Or are you? am I worried that it's going to become more disposable with time? D- no. Disposable as alludes to like how uh, replaceable yeah. am I? Mm-hmm. That's my point. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking for the amount of like at least i'm not asking what you just suggested is something to do with the uh supply and demand of people with phds oh i see that's not what i'm addressing i'm i'm addressing the value they bring to the table and somebody who has a phd in uh, you know, social science versus somebody who has been studying social science privately and, 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 and works in the field in, in a private sector for 30 years and knows a lot about it also. So, like, to answer your question, I think they're going to become less valuable. Um, I think there's there's a shortage of positions, tenure-track positions. Um, I think internationally... I, ironically, I'm sorry, I want to inject this comment. I've heard Weinstein talk about how uh, you just said there's a shortage of positions. He talks about how there's a surplus of PhDs. Yeah. And that they are, to your point, a little more disposable. Yeah. At this point. Um, which I think is really interesting because they're so highly regarded, hence why I'm asking this question in the first place. I think that we're going to become less valuable with time, especially with the way that the international intellectual dark web um (laughs) um speaks about institutions i mean people are waking up to the idea that institutions and universities are part of this whole cultural woke yeah well dichotomy like reverse racism like craziness call out culture that we're living in it's the sanctuary of it the the breeding grounds Mm -hmm. i and to be fair uh i don't think the problem is the way they're talking about the institutions. I don't think the problem is them and the way they talk about the institutions. I think the problem is the things the institutions do that the people then blatantly point out. I think it's the action that's the the problem. The action that's being talked about is the problem, not the talking about it. That's the actual. Problem. Yeah. So you're so Weinstein. Weinstein. <laughs> Weinstein. 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 Um, him talking about the problem with the institutions is not the problem. The problems that the institutions perpetuate and create is the They do the dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't pursue the truth fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, 
I would agree with you. PhDs are going to become less valuable over time. And I guess to his point, already have come, become less valuable uh, already insofar that they are more disposable and that there's more of them, I guess. Like in terms of the supply and demand thing, like they are more disposable at this point, it sounds like. But not all of them, like think about how many people, like you were, uh, alluded to earlier, are... Uh, all but dissertation like ABD. you've also got those people and, and just but i guess so naturally with since we've laid that all out like how do you uh overcome that and bring the most value to the table and stand out as an individual and, and that's where it becomes mm-hmm. what do you actually do like what what do you bring to the table like do you are you, do you have a uh, online resources do you have lectures online do you uh like like what have you contributed and it doesn't have to be just online shit but like what have you contributed and what value have you created basically that that uh is is testament to you that all these other people that have phds like haven't really done them. they're just sitting on them and not really doing anything with them and and that's where it becomes you start talking about the website right and and all this other stuff and your lectures online like the natural progression from the decline in value of phds i think is independent action like like it has to be something outside of that realm that that can really set you apart like it's <laughs> thinking outside the box like thinking outside the institution in a way is like what's what's really gonna make a difference and like that's ar- arguably what makes uh like somebody like peterson right Who who's been publishing all his lectures online like people how many professors do that like maybe more do now but and that's a very simple uh version of it like that's not putting together a separate presentation and you know like all this yeah. other shit but i don't know i i just think the so if anything i think there's something there um i think if i'm being honest um i've like we've talked about in part one of this uh it's really rewarding to make things at this point in my life mm-hmm. related to, th- to positive psychology and things that I'm interested in um, for a couple of reasons. It's helping me grow the confidence and skills to be able to self-sustain as far as like get value for the value that I'm putting out there to put it in your terms. Um, and it's something to fall back on in case I don't get a solid teaching job and i'm uh, adjunct and like i or like like your financial situation aside like say like something happens where i'm working at a university and the shit hits the fan and i'm no longer there so that income is gone um i could practice which mm-hmm. i probably would do or do some sort of like group therapy intervention right. stuff like i could do something in that regard run workshops even um like sequential programs uh like 
do more things with the flourishing center like they she has certifications and like specific things off of cap so mm-hmm. i could do that and then run those um but i can rely on the content that i already have as like I'm not starting from zero in that sense. I don't have to, like, build my brand and make sure that I have content so people, like, know and trust me um, enough to, like, sign up for my workshop or whatever it is. Like, I I have something. You have value stored. That's But it's proof that, like, I know. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, value's it's, undeniable. Yeah. It's cool. It's, like, I almost feel like, not to sound dismal, but, like, I'm creating a security blanket for myself. Like, it's just. In a way. It's cool. That's for a very me. scarcity mindset way to look it at is, it. It is very much so, but it's cool for me to know that I can do this if I need to, if I needed to. Like I'm, I'm becoming more self-sufficient. So what do you mean by doing this? Like, you, what do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, being able to provide my own income by practicing. Yeah, by doing something, whether it's like having a couple clients and providing psychotherapy or doing like a group mindfulness five week thing or Uh, yeah yeah. um running the flourishing skills group that is another certification from the flourishing center like that's stuff that's set up for you already that's the thing i did with jamie when i was working at the y once a week that was cool that was fun um interesting yeah yeah you should absolutely do that now like like continue to build that yeah not necessarily and i could, and I could see myself doing it services like, right away if you didn't want to of course but like um just building your repertoire of hey this is all the shit i know and i do and i preach and i like this is the proof and like yep. i'm legit and then me so that would take me having that arsenal of things to draw upon and people to watch themselves. Like if, mm-hmm. if someone wanted me to do an event, I could say, here, watch this three minute video on me talking about this topic. Mm-hmm. If you like it, let's do it. If you don't, or you think I'm full of shit, then we can both move on. So there's oh, that. Oh, like a, oh, so like, like you a, pitch a story to a, a newspaper. This is like your pitch to a conference yeah. of this is what my, I can talk to your people about. Yeah. Or even if it's your plant, cool. your plant lady friend. If I'm like, here's this portfolio of topics that I have that I could adapt, but also focus on, draw mm-hmm. on, do a combination of. Like, here's a taste of what they're all like. Pick and choose what you want, like an a la carte thing. Like, that's huge to me because that's systematizing the requests and me just, I don't know. Like, watch this video. If you like it, then we can, like, have a conversation and talk about, like, what you want your event to be like. Like, you can, whatever. But yeah, if, yeah. if not, then you stop wasting each other's time. Is that something you want to do sooner than later? I'm thinking of make, using the videos that I'm making now. But my point... To, 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 to pitch, like, coming to speak. I'm saying, do you are those speaking things things you want to do now, or is oh, this yeah. future? Okay, no, okay. I absolutely would do it now. Okay. I was really looking forward to doing that resilience talk. It was it's uh, next month, but it was for uh, sorority affiliated with SU somehow. That one reached out to me randomly, and right, right, that's canceled. But I was yeah. going to talk about like I'm going to get you in touch with Carol, and I'm going to also yeah. I could 
you could probably even do something with Believe in Syracuse if you wanted to. I don't know if I want to. Sorry. Why? I don't. I have heard weird things about them from other community people. It's of like how the organization is perceived by others. Hmm. All right. We'll see. I think you should take just about every opportunity you can get as long as it doesn't support killing babies. It's <laughs> 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 kind of what I think. If it's something you want to do and become known for, like well, the more you do it, the more like people are gonna see you do it and then be like, "Oh, yo, I know this this bitch. I saw her talk about some some positivity bullshit. <laughs> we we need someone positive. We're all quarantined. Like, I know someone. No, it's just exploit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know if I would want. Like that thought intrigues me and excites me because I've said to you before how I can appreciate that. I can appreciate being my own boss and, like, just being able to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and not have to, like, like, you know, I don't know. But I, and that excites me, but I don't know if I would want to do that full-time. I think I would still want to. Oh, yeah. No, it wouldn't have to be a full-time thing. I'm just saying, like, generally, would you want to do a few gigs like that? I'm not saying you have to go whole yeah. hog. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, because you were going to do more presentations at conferences and stuff. Um, Yo, you could... I was going to actually talk to people about my vocal communication. At a fucking conference. At this, I mean, it's not a research conference, it's, but it's, it's still... Fucking- it don't matters. downplay it. It matters. Yeah, it's a there's fucking a conference. Differ- there's a difference between... Anything can be a conference. There's a difference between a research conference versus a practitioner conference. It's not. It's a great opportunity, and it's awesome that I'm talking about something that I'm really interested in to a group of people. Mm-hmm. Like that, I was really looking forward to it, and I'm bummed that's canceled. Do you know that there are a lot of ways in which people want to hear from experts on various things? And that you could be that person. Like there are there are conferences out there that want to book people to speak at their shit. That people can like apply to. Like you could if you wanted to do this, you could apply and, and send a three minute video of a speech to different conferences and say, Hey, like, do you want me to speak at your shit? Like if you wanted to do more of this kind of stuff in your free time you could you could do that you could also there's a i think i've told you about harrow before you could do that that's a a great resource as well and way to build credibility i'm featuring the fucking penny order you know why the harrow thing no no but you know what it was about i forget it was something to do with uh mindfulness actually and flow really? and flow and work and i talked about uh listening to music in a different language because like you don't get caught like l- like singing the words because like you don't know them didn't i tell you that 
Poom. Motherfucker. <laughs> I could have been featured on any order. You know, <laughs> even as I'm saying that, I'm like, well, you could still like learn the noises if you listen to the music enough and then mm-hmm. start to sing it the anyway. And that's kind of stupid. So why don't you just listen to music that doesn't have any language in it at all? The, <laughs> the, um, Completely no, but illegitimized happens. my entire uh, penny hoarder ref, uh, quotation. But sorry. That, um, so that happened with me and the Harry Potter soundtrack. I got to know it so well that I could picture the movie in my head because of the songs that were playing. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's that's see that's so, not that's counterproductive. Yeah, very much so. So I, I stopped listening to that. <laughs> I probably could now. There's some really beautiful music on it. So I like Chill Hop. Even the. Uh, I want also to poop now. <laughs> Even the. Uh, like binaural beats. Have you listened to that kind of shit? I think it's. I, I say that that is a way to get into flow to help you get into flow using binaural beats. Really. It's hmm? my PowerPoint. Hmm. Makes sense. That's what you want. So. Okay, you can stop that anytime. Sorry. Anytime. I want to listen to boom. 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 Um. Yeah, you could do more shit like that if you wanted to. Yeah, but you also said that I should write more briefs, so. Look, I'm not telling you you should do this for this amount of time and this for this amount of time. I'm I'm saying you have all these options in front of you. I know I do. I know I do. I gotta make these videos first. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. I'm glad you're doing that. I think it'll be good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So, quarantine. <laughs> what? I don't know. This is just funny. Do you think it's going to get worse? Um, like do you yeah, think do you I think do. like grocery stores are going to close down? Really? You do. Uh, I just feel like it's not like the this is not the worst of it. I feel like I agree, but do you think like more know. shit is gonna close down? I don't know. Like we've it, we've now closed all as of the twenty second, right? And today's the twenty first. So t- starting tomorrow, or is it starting after tomorrow? I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like starting tomorrow. Uh, I could be wrong. That everything that is quote non-essential is mandated to close what what does it mean though not essential is well is the bank only so you can call and set up an appointment to go in but you can't go in otherwise but the drive-thrus are open you also have like mobile banking and online banking and that kind of shit Mm -hmm. but um functionally it's open it's just like the branches are kind of sort of closed the banks won't close like that's an essential thing uh Grocery stores, right? Essential. Doctors, essential, of course. Um, but then uh, you have something like a mechanic. If your car breaks down, 
and you use it to get to work it's pretty essential for you to get to work you need to get it fixed so all the auto shops can't be closed because that's kind of essential to that right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so I, I think there's some fringe things like that i was thinking about getting a haircut like i'm pretty sure barber shops are closed okay so is everyone just chopping their own fucking hair off now like what's going on here are we all gonna look like cavemen in three weeks i don't know like that's actually really funny like what if what if the entire human race becomes scraggly as fuck <laughs> because and looks homeless like everyone just looks homeless all these millionaires wearing their suits and driving their nice cars and they just look fucking homeless okay not 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 yet not those people but like average joe like you know us (laughs) every average muggles (laughs) no but uh no seriously if people aren't getting their hair cut what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like if i needed a haircut right now what would i do call my brother if your brother cut my hair my brother's very good at cutting hair. Mm. Yeah, your dad didn't want us coming to the house. I know. That's wild. How's your dad going to get his hair cut? <laughs> I don't know. Barber shops are closed and nobody can come into his house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask him. You can cut my hair, but you have to be six feet away. <laughs> <laughs> And some Shaquille O'Neal arms or some shit, right? <laughs> like, how? Like, how, that's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal arms. <laughs> what? Well, he's like seven feet tall, so he's got like three and a half foot single arm wingspan. So, oh my God. you can stretch four out of there with a, with a little lean. You cheat a little bit, catch Rick sleeping. <laughs> Can't call a foul on Shaquille O'Neal's <laughs> six foot barrier. <laughs> That would be a funny referee. You <laughs> 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 would have such a great time with that whistle. You'd just be blowing that whistle. Just like you. Over there, he's like, that's not part of the game. Like, no, over there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm in charge here. <laughs> your, dad, your dad would just be power tripping with that whistle. Yeah, not power trip. He'd just be having trip. fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be having. He wouldn't have fun with it. In a, in a power trippy kind of way. <laughs> 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 yeah, <he's, laughs> I love your dad. He is so funny with waiters and waitresses, though. He <laughs> is so funny with waiters and waitresses. He's just like, like. Go over here, like, like I think I think he's done this before, <laughs> but he's always like, of course, like the most friendly guy with them. Did, I would just yeah. be so confused, like if somebody wagged me over, I'd be like this motherfucker, and then they'd talk to me so nicely, like your dad does, and then joke around with me, and I'd be like, I don't get it. Like, what, what? he also he tips very very well. Oh, I know. He tips no, no, no. very well too, and he's very good to obviously waiters and waitresses in that regard yeah obviously and like joking around but, with them and, no he's and making very much them... like when i want a beer i want it now and like i want it cold and this is how it's gonna be mm-hmm. yeah it's demanding in that way it's very funny yeah. but he pays he pays a good price for that demanding service mm-hmm. though he sure does good man <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious to watch <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I would you never know, think to do that. You know, I I used to get embarrassed of that. Really? Yeah. I'd be like, Dad, like, that's a human being. Stop. <laughs> but then he would be like, yeah, just be wicked, wicked friendly, wicked nice. Yeah, I don't know. It was funny. We're all a little funny. Yeah. Yeah, we are all a little funny. <laughs> that was good. Did you have me going? Yeah. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> I did have you going. Talking about your dad. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. I sent a goofy Your dad picture. would think it would be funny. <laughs> I sent a goofy picture of me to my dad today. You did send a very, very <laughs> goofy picture of me to your dad. <laughs> I'm funny. You're very funny, dear. <laughs> okay, what else? Uh, well, we're still quarantined. Uh, yeah, what else <laughs> do you want to do? Quarantine cast. What time is it? It's gotta be like two o'clock. If I had to guess. Hmm. How many videos you gotta do today? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I need to get a feel for it. like five or so. The You're not gonna do them all at once, but the first um workshop will be probably like five ish videos. Well, the meat of it anyway. Four or five. But I have to make a video on Unhealthy Monday and Positive Psychology too. Mm. Stand alone. Would you ever do, so you were talking about, I'm sorry, I just had this thought, would, you were talking about uh, <clears throat> the entire speaking and other income thing mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of your professional life and positive psychology and whatnot. Uh, would you ever think about doing like an online uh like counseling people online like through video chat because they're like all over the world would you do something like that once i'm a psychologist you mean have my phd um yeah yeah when you're licensed uh So you're asking me if I would have clients that were not local mm-hmm. um, that I would video chat with yeah. for their appointment, but right. I would still see them regularly? Correct. Uh, yeah, I would be open to that. I think I... Can I, I be your business manager? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew. What? I love you. <laughs> I'll... Th- Do I know why? Because that's how I know that you love me. Yeah, question. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Because you're asking, you're willing to give up your time to help me fulfill something in my life. Yeah. They're crushing cool. I think knowing you and knowing how you value time and your skill set, I think it's nice to say that. Yeah. You can be around. I might as well invest some time in you. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but I don't, I wouldn't want to be like the video chat. You wouldn't want to be the quasi of positive psychology. No. Right. In terms of. No, but I don't want all my clients to be on video. Gotcha. I was going to say, you're, it's more that, not like you're opposed to having content and teaching. Yeah. Online. Yeah. Okay. I think that's important distinction. But yeah, I don't blame you. I, of course, like. Uh, in-person engagement is more rich and therefore you can offer more value i would um, do what like webinars and stuff that people could sign up for and do like a group zoom thing Mm, like group coaching yeah kind of like the setup of cap like i would run a, a web not like do something like cap but i would run like a webinar on like breathing exercises to do with your kids interesting okay as a like run a webinar as in have people sign up for it at a predetermined time and do it live as opposed to shoot the video and would be like a workshop that people would like sign up for like a five-week workshop and so but it's online so people could do it that were all over the place and we all went so is this a free thing or is this a paid thing oh i don't know um that would probably be paid Okay, so this is something private that people need to be aware of already that they sign up for and pay money for. Okay. Okay. Yes. So so this isn't just like you putting out content and... No, not this specific example. Right. Um, It's weird. Um, I'm I'm still getting over the hump of like putting like my content or whatever in that broad sense. Your ideas what you stand for what you represent yeah. what you um, authentically believe in online mm-hmm. myself online that's being vulnerable and that's not comfortable mm-hmm. uh, so i'm getting Good used job. i'm getting used to that i'm getting over that hump but it's like now that there's less friction there mm-hmm. i just like have no problem doing it. it's just like yeah sure I'll just, I'm, if i'm gonna put that online i might as well like make a video like if I'm going to have one video, I might as well have five. Mm-hmm. So let's just. Uh, if you're going to do it, you might as well fucking do it. Yeah. Right. Because, like, me having a website that's not touched or cared for, and someone happens to come across it and, God forbid, associates it yep. with me, it's yep, like. Yep, yep. That makes you look terrible. Right. At that point, you're almost better off not having a website, right? At all, right. So because it's negative attention mm-hmm. versus no attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely, completely. That like, <laughs> it's it's the same philosophy with like people ask me, oh, do I need to have like this social media account, this social media account? I'm like, no. Like, the only ones you should have are ones that you use, because nobody wants a social. Nobody's gonna give a shit about a social media account. That's just a ghost town. Like, that's just... It makes you look bad. Mm-hmm. Either get rid of it or use it. Don't do the in-between thing. Mm-hmm. That gets you nowhere. Website's the same way. You're putting out content videos, that kind of thing. That's exciting. That's cool. I've... I've this is a recent thing you talking about. I've just been thinking about it with this de-stress for success stuff. And my website and these briefs. I mean, these briefs are... One of my mom's friends texted my mom and said, saw Mary Kate's article on Facebook, very well done. Tell her, like, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then 
one of my other mom's friends chimed in and said, oh, I'm not on Facebook right now, like, staying off of it because I'm overwhelmed. Like, can you send it to me? Like, yeah. that's fucking cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's having an impact. Like, the more you do it, the more impact you have. It's yeah. Like, and out, output my, equals input. My mom, yeah. My mom was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're, like, making a difference. Like, you're doing such a good job. You gotta do it just to make your mom proud. And <laughs> confirm, 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 confirm. Um, <laughs> but. Parents really can't listen to this now. <laughs> um. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. It's cool that your mom's friends saw the article and you're having oh, an my input. Oh, res- my response to my mom was making an impact. Um, like just trying to help my little corner of the world. Yeah. Inevitably, the more you help your corner of the world, um, you end up helping the rest of the world too because it's so connected. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. It's cool that I have something to show, like that I'm proud of, too. Yeah, absolutely. Stand for something. Yeah. It's important. It's authentic self-expression. I'm actually wicked excited to, uh, for my final project for CAB. Um, I want to link up with that. The woman who does Buddha doodles. You should. I found her on Instagram, and. Uh, so Buddha, Buddha doodles is this woman who does these drawings every day. Is yeah, it every day? It's about every day. Yeah. Okay, and she. But she also sells. She has a game, and she also has a notebook. Um, and she has some of her prints on canvas for sale too. <coughs> but okay. those rotate. Um, but it's just like a. She just does it because she, I don't, I, I think it's her, I think she's in a, what country? I want to say Sweden. Okay. Um, I think that's wrong. Sweden. Um, yeah. So, uh, she has a patronage. Patreon. Patreon. Jesus. Um, called the Unicorn Club or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how she kind of does her thing. But I want to see if, like, I would put money aside to, like, do something with that to get it published. Um, and have her and I, like, split the percentage of the costs. That'd be dope. Like, she could sell it on her website. I told you this last night. But, like, that thought to me is wicked cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, necess- it's not. It's cool the things you can do when you're in the ocean, dear. It's. Um, it's not like research oriented or helping me in that regard at all, but it's still a product. Mm-hmm. And I've asked you before it's about your motive for being in this thing in the first place. And you've talked a lot about wanting to help people. Um, and this isn't research to your point, but this is a form of helping people. Yeah. Cause I don't want to just do research. Like I've always, right. I just like the, the idea of creating an experience for someone. Mm-hmm. I think I've always liked that. I think that's really cool. I like putting together PowerPoints. <laughs> <laughs> it's crafting an experience for someone. It's like a, a conceptual puzzle that you have to try and p- piece together. It's an argument or a premise that you have to construct. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I want to learn more about. It's the same concept. Mm-hmm. 
That's we should do that. It'd be helpful for both of us in many different ways. Make PowerPoints about stuff? No, no, no. <laughs> Learn more about uh, the structure of an argument and logic in that way. I can hear that. Sorry. I feel like it'd be beneficial I for like your PowerPoints, it, for my like videos, for everything. <sighs> for these conversations. Okay. After cap. You should put everything off after cap. You should watch fucking Burt Kreischer the other night. Look, that was your idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not going to not watch Burt Kreischer because I have something else to do. That's called play. And that's absolutely necessary. Not addressing the point I was making. What's the point? The point I was making is that you have time. For things. Yeah. I know. I'm also saying I'm not going to use every single minute that I have in my life just to further my professional career. Mm-hmm. So you addressed one extreme, now you're addressing the other. You're still missing me in the middle. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're doing this instead of making videos. Mm-hmm. This is play too. Mm-hmm. It's also authentic self-expression. It's also uh, getting better attuned to being vulnerable online and putting your ideas out there and flexing that muscle as well so you have more confidence when you do go back to do a video knowing that it's a online media experience thing you're creating you have more confidence in it that way mm-hmm. I think this is beneficial for a lot of reasons I really do I agree I like doing this good because we're fucking quarantined <laughs> <laughs> We could do a daily quarantine cast Oh, here. my God. Can you imagine? Please, no. No? no Come one on. It'd be so fun. Do that. No. No one wants to listen to that shit. That's not true. I thought we... I think we've had a very good discussion Oh, I did, today. too. I've had fun. But, like, there's plenty more things we could talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plenty. Plenty. I just so, don't... It's... It's a lot. In a good way. You don't want to make that commitment. I want to do other things with my time besides doing a podcast every single day. Yeah, that's fair. It's a good chunk of time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've been going for two hours and 23 minutes. We, we have? Well, with a break, yeah. So The break wasn't that long. So it's two hours, 23 minutes. I'm not saying everyone has to be this long. I just think it'd be cool if we did a, a regular quarantine cast. Regular meaning like maybe weekly, daily, I think would be a lot. Unless we talk, have like a five minute like pick a word of the day, talk about it like you you suggested before. I think that would be fucking funny. Mm. <laughs> what? Just I don't know what the word of the day would be. Look it up. Word of the day. Depression. Word of the day. Influenza. There's always word of the day. I don't know how they choose it. Distancing. <laughs> word of the day. Like, I don't know. I think we should come up with our own word of the day. <laughs> and then okay. talk about it in the context in which we choose. March 21st, 2020. What's your word of the day? Mm. <laughs> uh, my word of the day. I'm going to come up with a good one. Mm. I don't have anything good right now. 
is something you gotta think of. Pontification. 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 What's pontification? I don't know. What's your definition of it? Exploring thoughts and ideas and pushing the uh the edge on them. Uh yeah, I think that's that encapsulates it. Further further exploring an idea. Okay. That's my word of the day. That's your word of the day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> Interesting. What's your word of the day? Ready? Well, there's Five, only one word of the four. day. What? You just made it pontification. Why can't <laughs> why can't we both have one? It's not ours. So tomorrow you're choosing the word of the day. If we do a podcast tomorrow. Well, let's do a podcast tomorrow. We'll we see. have to talk about the word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wanna we'll wrap this up? Sure. I could eat something. Okay. It's good talking to you, dude. It's always do. Bop it. Found it. <laughs> Turkey. Oh, you got lotion on. All right, I got to turn this off before, we, before it gets weird in here. Let me get rid of this shit. Good job, dude. Good job. Bye. Bye.